With today's guest, we discuss how to connect culture and KPIs, drive retention, and some culture building mistakes. Are you a leader trying to get more from your business and life? Me too. So join me as I document the conversations, stories, and advice to help you achieve what matters in your life. Welcome to Unbound with me, Chris Dubois. Adam Sinkis is a managing partner at a Purpose Partnership that provides strategies to businesses for marketing, business operations, and leadership development. With over 15 years of leadership experience, Adam has dedicated himself to learning how to drive KPIs while relating to and growing his team, as well as achieving personal targets. Through this, he's developed the ACES Leadership Framework to help leaders create a strong culture that serves as the foundation for the business. And today, we are going to learn about that even more. Adam. Welcome to Unbound. Oh, so glad to be here. I appreciate you inviting me to the show. Yeah, this is uh, this has been a long time coming again. So uh, I'm I'm ready to dive right in. Absolutely. Um, yeah, let's hear your origin story. Yeah, so uh, I learned kind of the leadership industry in the call center industry. And if you've ever worked in a call center, you know that it is like chaos at best. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, through my years of working in the call center industry, I saw you know, leaders that were promoted, not because they were a good leader, but because they were the best performer. They had the best stats and, uh, right. they were the fastest at taking calls. They had the highest customer satisfaction, whatever, any number of, you know, measures. Um, and what I saw happen is this leadership style go from, Let's build teams and collaborate and help people grow to, well, do it my way because I was the best. So obviously it works. And it just created this really negative space for me. And so watching this happen and then um, eventually working into the training space and then starting to develop some of these leaders, I realized that there's just huge gaps in this industry as a whole. But then started kind of looking outside and going, well, there's huge gaps everywhere in this. So, um, you know, it kind of came to, came to a head and I go, well, you know, we need to build a framework that not only talks about EQ because everybody's talking about EQ now, right? You know, how do we, how do we build strong cultures? How do we communicate with people better? Things like that. But the reality is, as leaders, we also have to be business minded as well. And we have to hit business objectives. It's just kind of the way of the world. So, how do we bring all those together? And so I started um, really just building out and studying and researching materials on, you know, where is the connection between culture and the business objectives and how do we get there and get people excited about it? Because that to me was the big missing piece. Right. And now we get to, uh, to learn about that missing piece right now. Absolutely. So- let's get into the ACEs framework. I think that's probably the best place to start. Yeah. Yeah. So through all of this, I developed the ACEs framework. It works on kind of four core pillars of how we develop people and business, right? So first is acknowledge. It's really about how we communicate with people, not only how we communicate just personally with people, but also how we communicate business objectives, needs, and uh, ultimately success in a way that resonates with them, right? Because at the end of the day, nobody wants to hear that, you know, I'm not getting that 4% piece of the pie that my work is going to, to help the bottom line of the company, 
right? You know, and, and ultimately, I don't care. I don't care if my company makes four percent more if I'm not going to make that same four percent. So, you know, right. how do we start communicating that? The next piece is cultivate. This is interesting because so many times we see companies go, "Well, I need you to go learn this skill, this skill, and this skill," right? And they send you to training. And you get there and you're like, I don't want to learn this skill. So what do you do? You twiddle your thumbs. You do everything but actually soak in the material. So we get back to the foundations of what do you want to do as an employee? How do you want to grow? How do you want to develop? And then we tie that into the business objectives. So if you want to be a leader, you want to be a data analyst, how can we find training that benefits the business but also helps you down your path? Right? Because at the end of the day, you go to that training that you want to be at, you're going to bring something back from it, 100%. Mm-hmm. So the next piece is empower. And this is all about how we take the training that we just provided our team and start mentoring them to use it immediately. Because there's nothing more frustrating than sending somebody to training, bringing them back, let them sit at their desk and do their job for the next seven months and forget everything that you just taught them. <laughs> right. You laugh. You've probably seen this before. Yeah, this is like the the baseline for <laughs> sending teams to workshops. Exactly. Exactly. And so we, we talk about how do you actually develop a mentorship plan for your team? So when you send them to training, you can bring them back in, get them involved in projects, get them involved in pieces of that training that will benefit and grow the team. Right now they're Mm -hmm. excited because they got to go to the training they want. So they come back, they get to actually use it and do something with it and master it. And then at the end of this, the S stands for success. And this is all about reimagining how we talk about what's going on in our team, leading with success. I call it reimagining the Mm postmortem, right? We've all sat through that, that the terrible postmortem meeting. How do we screw up? How are we not going to do this again? You know, and and instead we have that same conversation, but we just flip the script a little bit, right? So we talk about it in a way where, you know, what do we do right? How do we do that right? How do we repeat that for the next project? And now all of a sudden, instead of everybody dreading, like, you know, getting chewed out because we missed something on a project, now they're like, yeah, I'm really excited to go and talk about how we did great things on this project. So it's really kind of the full package of, How do we move from communication to training to just building a success mindset on our team? Right. And establishing that as the culture. Absolutely. So, well, so now that's probably the perfect segue to get into how we connect culture and KPIs as leaders within the organization. Yeah. So this is the funny thing, right? You know, leaders, especially frontline leaders sit in a really weird space because ultimately their job is to care for people on their team and make sure their people are engaged and doing the work that needs to get done. But when they report, they have to report business numbers, right? You know, whatever their KPIs are. So it makes a kind of an interesting dichotomy because they have to live in two different mindsets. And so the, you know, really it comes down to, there's two things that we have to, we have to do. One, we have to establish a line of communication with our team that shows them the importance of KPIs to their role in the business, right? And I find this is this this foundation of communicating effectively why it matters to them as an individual starts the foundation of 
where they start to care about growth in the company, where they start to care about the company growing. Um, you know, and so the other piece that we have to remember is that we can't talk about performance until we have trust built. Right. Because at the end of the day, if I'm telling you, you know, you need Chris, you need to go ahead and take calls this way. Right. If you don't trust me immediately that I understand and know what I'm talking about and know what your job is and all the ins and outs of your role, you're going to be like, yeah, that doesn't work. And you're going to go right back to the way you, you were doing it. And again, then we see that KPI impact. So we start by building a foundation of trust with our team. And that comes from any number of activities from my favorite is the random walk. Um, and, and we'll talk, we can definitely hit on that a little bit later, but you know, where you just kind of walk around and Hey, how's things going today? Anything I can help you with? What are you doing? Right. Um, to you know, making sure that you spend time with your team, understanding their job. You don't have to know how to do it end to end but you need to understand how they do their job and how that happens every day. Mm. So those are kind of the foundations yeah. of trust for me. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You say you need to build that trust. Uh, otherwise someone's just going to go back to doing it their own way. Cause I think part of that also is like, why should I trust that you're not going to punish me mm -hmm. if your way doesn't work? Absolutely. Like I at least know my way works for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's an interesting, uh, Way to be that. So I get you've worked with a lot of companies yeah. and something that generally helps everybody is knowing what challenges others are running into. And so I guess what challenges do you see across different organizations uh, when it comes to like prioritizing KPIs kind of over culture? Because I think a lot of companies do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we have to think about where the message generates from, right? Because uh, you look mm -hmm. at most businesses have kind of three foundational uh, leadership structures, right? So you've got your executives, you've got your mid-level managers, and you've got your frontline managers, right? At the core, your executives are worried about the profitability of the company, the sustainability of the company, and making money, right? Just at the yep. foundation. Your middle managers are worried about how do we get the work done to remain profitable and be as efficient as possible so that we can keep our revenue and our profits as high as possible, right? So they're process oriented. Typically your frontline managers are people oriented. And so when we think about this, we have to think about where's that message generating from, because depending on where the message generates from is what message comes down. And I think where we get lost is our CEOs are disseminating the culture for the company, right? And ultimately, they want to see growth in the company. We're going to do X, Y, and Z to grow the company this year. We're going to work right. to hire more people. We're going to work to do this, that. But it's all company growth, money driven, right? And so mm -hmm. as a frontline leader, and even as a middle is in that middle management bracket, we have to we have to pause that message a little bit, not change it, but we have to change the scope and how we talk about it. Right. And that means, you know, instead of, you know, the comp the CEO says, we want to grow the company 10% this year. What does that mean for you as an employee? That means more job opportunities, promotional opportunities, 
potential expansion into new skill sets that you can learn. And so we start to relate that message to them as people, as opposed to, yeah. you know, uh, as opposed to just, we want to expand, the, expand and grow the company. All right. And so right. I always start there. Where's the message coming from? And then how do we change the message to the audience that we're talking to? Right. Managers need to hear the money conversation because they need to know that, you know, the strength in the company and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Your frontline employees don't care if the company makes 10% more this year. They really don't. Not unless they're going to see it in their paychecks. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, you know, the average raise in the United States for 2020 was like 3.2%. So they're not seeing the mm-hmm. same growth that the companies are expecting in profits and revenue growth. So they don't care. Right. So what do you right. care about? That's what we have to get to. And, and really, in, in reality, you know, we look at like the millennials and Gen Z, they're looking for growth opportunities. They're looking for training. They're looking for leadership opportunities and they're looking for opportunities to cross collaborate throughout the company, create those relationships and do things that are just totally outside the box. So let's go deeper on that, yeah. because I feel like solving this riddle is one of the keys to increasing employee retention. Absolutely. And so how, how can you, I guess, how do you work with companies to help them leverage that? Yeah. You know, leverage culture to do that. Yeah. So, you know, the first thing is we have to set a tone for what does the culture look like now? Right. Um, what are people saying? This is done typically through like employee surveys and we don't have to like reinvent the wheel in the employee survey. There's, there's hundreds of different pre-made ones yep. that are all really good out there. Right. Um, you know, but then we take that data and we get this snapshot and we go, okay, so what is, what are our employees actually telling us from this data? Because the data says one thing, but thing when you get dive into like verbatims and things like that, you you get the underlying tone, the root of the cause, you know, the root of the problem of what's going on. From there, we look at the leader's behavior, right? So how are the leaders contributing to these root problems? And we do that by observing their behavior. Are they getting up and having, you know, those random walkarounds? Are they creating connection points? How are they talking yeah. about performance with their team? Um, you know, how are they talking about performance with their higher ups? You know, communication both ways is important there. The next piece we do, you know, we look at is where are the missteps in communication and training that aren't that aren't happening? And so we evaluate, you know, okay, so you know, this leader sits behind their desk, you know seven out of eight hours and is on conference calls seven hours of the day, right? You know, well, you can't lead a team if all you're doing is sitting, you know, on conference calls, reporting out to all the other teams that you work with, right? So we look at that and we go from a behavior perspective, okay, great. This leader needs to figure out how to get out from behind their desk and go engage their team. And that, you know, so we start setting some of those behavior recommendations in there. Next thing we do is we look at training opportunities, right? So, um, you know, what are the skills that are missing in the company? Who in the company has desire for those skills? And then how do we get that training accomplished? 
Yeah, the training doesn't have to happen in a classroom. This is, I think, a big fallacy that we have in corporate America right now. Um, you know, we have to send somebody to a workshop or this, you know, or a training class or a conference to get all this education. The reality is we have to look at our own organization and go, who already has these skills? And how can I set them up to be a mentor for the rest of the team? Mm-hmm. And then we start pairing people right. up and mentoring them, right? And the last piece is just creating a consistent conversation around success, right? We, I, I tell people all the time, like, get rid of postmortem meetings. Don't call them postmortem meetings. No, you know, come up with an, uh, another name for it, project wrap up, whatever you want to call it, but don't call it a postmortem because you know, it, it's just got such a negative connotation that everybody's going to dread being there in the first place. Yeah. You know? And so we, we right. talk about that, you know, a lot of little, you know, a lot of little other pieces like conversation structures, coaching strategies, things like that, that we, you know, involve into that process as well. So I want to go back, touch on, one of the things you just mentioned, mentioned with a uh, training through mentorship. Yeah. Is, uh, so uh, I was talking with a, a founder somewhat recently uh, because my background is in the army. And so like very different than the business world. Uh, but one of the things that we kind of identified as like a key differentiator was that in the, in the military, you get told you're going to do something or you're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to teach a class on something. It's like, there's no time. Like you're going to figure out how to learn this really fast. So it means you have to go find those people who know what they're doing, right? Who the experts so that you can teach it. And now, you know, you have to own that result. And so you have to show up, I guess it seems like a lot of what you're doing kind of pairs up or marries up similar to, to that concept. How do you help companies actually identify who, who are those people you should talk to within your organization so that everybody actually gets to kind of share that knowledge? Yeah. So I think first is, you know, we do a skills assessment, right? We look at the core skills that you, that we need to disseminate through the organization and we understand, you know, what is that skill set that we're looking to develop? Are we looking to develop people in marketing, you know, social media? Are we looking to develop people in, you know, in our operations team for leadership? And we start to build out kind of some core profiles mm-hmm. of skill sets that we need. Then we go find the, um, the people that are best performing those and we evaluate them as people. But the key is once we evaluate them, we don't just go, you're a mentor. Congratulations. Right. When we ask them, do you want to mentor people? Because some people don't want to do that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And the other piece is when they say yes, we teach them how to be a mentor because it is a unique skill set. You know, it's not just do it my way. It's, it's here's strategies, here's tips. Let's look at the feedback loop. Let's talk about, you know, talk about how we approach this, collaborate on how we approach this and start building what skills I have with your concepts and your ideas and put it to put it all together. Right. That's what mentoring is about. It's not mentoring is about growing a skill set, not teaching a skill set. You know, and that that's the stark difference between classroom training and mentorship classroom training i'm teaching you a skill set i'm going to show you how to do it mm-hmm. i'm going to give you some application so you can figure it out and then i'm going to tell you to go on your way and go do it right mentoring is i'm right. going to show you how to do it, how i do it we're going to talk about how that works for you we're going to develop a strategy we're going to execute on that strategy and we're going to revisit it and go 
how did that work for you? Mm. So right. it just takes it into a deeper space. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like that you ask ahead of time. Like, do you actually want to do this? Yeah. Uh, Cause even what you mentioned before with, which is super common in companies where they grab the best performer and think that's going to translate to the best yeah. leader. Uh, and you see it time and time again, where that's not the case where you took that sales rep who was just crushing it, bringing in so much revenue for you. Now as a leader, it's just, failing to do so uh, and it's like why why is that so hard for companies to kind of comprehend mm-hmm. you know like, I, I it's the this is the way it's always <laughs> been done mindset I, I, all in all leadership right. is yeah. you know in the military is a great great example of this i have several friends that you know are either active or retired military and they've they've all kind of given me the same mm-hmm. path right you know it's do as i say uh, you know, it's kind of a do as I say methodology and, um, you know, and there's some great things that happen in leadership training in the military, but there's also some really terrible habits that occur in leadership in the military from that same, well, mm-hmm. you're promoted now to, to the next level. So you're going to be leading this team and they go, right. well, yeah, my, my last sergeant, he was just a total dick and just yelled at everybody, you know, and, uh, and, and that's how things got done. So yep. I guess that works, you know, so that's how I'm going to be. Right. And we see that same, th- mm-hmm. same mentality in companies as well. You know, it's, well, my, my leader told me do it this way and that works. And so I started doing it that way and that works, that works best, you know, so I'm just going to keep telling people that. Right. And, and it's, you know, the, the age old game of telephone over time, it dilutes, it doesn't get as good. And, you know, and then we start to see these culture and KPI challenges. Right. No, I mean, for just to keep on that, that path I had. So when I was a platoon leader, you know, I had a specialist who awesome dude, he was str- like a strong performer across the board. Everyone was pushing him like, go become a sergeant, right? Like go to the board, get your, get your next level. But he just didn't want it. He's like, I don't want to lead. I just want to keep kicking indoors. And he was my best door kicker. <laughs> like this, this dude. He would take care of everybody around him, right? And if he if he was going into a room, like the enemy should be worried that he was <laughs> he was coming in charging. And so like I didn't want to move him out of that position. And so we kept him and it worked out the best for everybody. Yeah. But yeah, just a credence to that well, idea. You know, I think it goes to there's another piece to this as well, right? Leadership, people view leadership as a role, um, you know, or a title, right? But really leadership mm-hmm. is a mindset. You don't have to actually be a, you know, manager, team leader, boss, whatever, you know, whatever title your company gives you to actually be a leader. So it sounds like, you know, your door kicker, like sounds like just a natural leader. People followed, followed him Mm -hmm. strong, confident, did the right things, made sure everybody was taken care of that. Those are leadership attributes. And so when we look at how do we move leaders through the system, move them up? We're looking for those common attributes that we know work in the leadership mindset, mm-hmm. not much, not as much looking at it as the leadership as a position. So shift gears a bit. Yeah. But pe- people have like an innate desire to grow. Mm-hmm. How, how do you go about helping to foster this within teams? Yeah. So number one is ask how they want to grow. Right. Not everybody wants to grow the same way. Great example of this. I, I had a young lady that worked for me. Husband was a very, very successful lawyer. They, 
they they had more money than they knew what to do with. She drove a Land Rover, you know, every day to work, working a frontline data processing role, like $15 an hour role, you know, like she did not need to be there. She was there because she wanted the social interaction of work. My job as a leader is to inspire, promote, grow. Yeah. And so I sat down with her. I said, you know, well, you know, what do you want while you're here? Right. She goes, I don't want to move up. I don't want any stress. I just want to show up, do my job, go home every day, have a little bit of social time with my coworkers. Cool. Well, about six months after we hired her, we had a white gloves. We launched a white glove service for some of the clients that we, um, that we serviced. And that meant that the people that were servicing those clients were spending three to four hours on the phone, talking to socializing with creating relationships and helping them get their workflow done. Right. So here we go. I got somebody that wants to socialize, create connections and just be with people. What did I do? I moved her to the phone, right? Because that was a perfect role for her. She was happy as could be, you know, it wasn't about pushing her into the next leadership role. It wasn't about adding stress to her workload or daily. Literally, it was a lateral move, but all I did was align skill sets that she was excited and interested about. And we, so we always start there. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do as an employee, as a leader, as you grow with this company? Then we go find opportunities to do that. You know, it doesn't mean just because somebody wants to be a team leader that we have to go promote them to a team leader to take on some of those roles and responsibilities. What does a team leader do? They're managing metrics. They're making sure people get are getting coaching. They're making sure performance is, is happening. They're making sure client, you know, the client expectations are being met. They're making sure the team is, you know, doing what's expected of them and staying motivated. So what are some of those things to me as a leader can push to this person to start to get them to experience what a leader goes through. And so we start moving into that, you know, into that space. Yes. I had somebody um, that, you know, wanted to move into marketing, going to school for marketing. So we did a departmental newsletter. Guess who I put in part in charge of that departmental newsletter. Person Mm -hmm. wanted to go into marketing, right. Helped her build skill set. She put some stuff together for a portfolio she had, you know, some skills that she could bring to the table when she was ready to directly move into a marketing role. So that's really what it's about is asking what they want to do and then finding the business cases to move them into those spots. Yeah. Like a, it's a, it becomes a positive sum game yeah. where you're, you're looking for those win-win scenarios. Everybody gets what they want. Everybody's happy. Why would we not keep this relationship growing? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So, uh, it, what would you say are the the most common culture building mistakes that you have seen? Um, not communicating on a personal level enough, right? You know, I believe you know, you have to have this boss employee dynamic like that that's just the reality you can't you know fractionize with employees it's it's kind of the way it is and there's reasons for that you know but that doesn't mean we can't ask about their family what they're doing over the weekend you know what they're excited about you know um every time somebody would ask me you know put in a vacation request oh you know what are you doing anything fun on your vacation 
you know, get them excited about, you know, their vacation requests. And then, you know, I had people that were taking like, you know, the Disney trip, right. I had an employee take a Disney trip and like, mm-hmm. I'm like, is this your first time to Disney? She's like, yeah, we're so excited. We're taking our kids. And like, it just created this really personal moment that then leveraged into guess what I talked about when she got back from Disney, how was your Disney trip? Right. So when we create personal connections with people, we build trust, we make them feel more comfortable. We make them feel comfortable being vulnerable, which is important when we get to coaching. Right. And ultimately we create better, clearer communication paths, right? So to step back into that vulnerability space, because I think this is super, super important. When we create space for our employees to be vulnerable with us and we're vulnerable to them, we can have the hard conversations in a much more comfortable way, right? Nobody wants to hear mm-hmm. that, you know, you're just not hacking it. Yeah, I know I don't. And, yeah. and so, but the reality is every time, you know, at some point in your career, you will have that conversation with your leader. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of the n- nature of course, you're never going to be perfect at everything. So how do we actually, you know, approach that and go and be comfortable about that uncomfortable situation? Like, hey, look, I know you're better than this. I know you can do this. But right now, it just ain't working. So what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. And what you'll find is when we create those vulnerable moments, they'll talk about the things that are actually impacting work, not just the fact that they missed their numbers this month, right? You know, it could be family drama, it could be. Um, you know, they, they lost their car, they're having financial struggles, could be any number of things, um, you know, but most often when people start, stop performing at work, it's either they're unengaged or they have drama going on in their outside life and they're struggling to separate the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you as a leader can find a way to actually help them. Absolutely. Through them, so awesome. Um, all right, this is my last like, I guess, big question for. Uh, I'm just gonna throw it to you. What are some tactics that leaders can put into play immediately around uh, culture building KPIs? Absolutely, yeah. So I'm gonna start with culture building, then we'll dive into KPIs, um, because in uh, there, there is an order of operations to this. So culture building, number yeah. one thing I can tell you to do is find opportunities to create what I call the water cooler chat, right? Um, this means as a leader, our schedules fill up, put time on your calendar where you can block off and go talk to people, um, in a remote setting that you can take the same premise. I plan the first five minutes or the last five minutes of every meeting to be personal conversation of some sort, um, so that we can create this, this conversation path that again, starts to create vulnerability, starts to open up the trust, you know, and build that rapport. Um, number two is lead with positivity. Everything you do, lead with positivity, right? There's going to be times where negative happens, where performance is slipping, we're losing a client, whatever, you know, whatever the case. But if we lead with positivity 95% of the time, the other 5% of the time when we got challenges going on, guess what everybody's not going to do? Freak out that something gone, right. something went wrong. <laughs> Right. Um, you know, number three with the culture thing is be human. Like you're not any better than anybody else on your team. 
And in actuality, my teams are all smart, way smarter and way better at what they do than I am. <laughs> so, you know, trust that they're the expert, ask them for input, ask them for collaboration and help them, you know, really build what their job actually looks like. And that segues us into KPIs, right? So when they're building and collaborating their job, guess what? Now they're engaged in it. So now we can help them set the KPIs that are important, important to them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we obviously have business objectives that we have to meet, but how is that important to an employee? Right. Does that mean that they can work less, that they can, you know, get an hour lunch instead of a half an hour lunch? Does that mean that, um, you know, that they can be put on special projects that are going to help them grow as an employee. Um, all these things are, you know, what's important to them. Mm. Um, yeah, next piece is really relating cap your business KPIs back to uh, their own individual needs, right? So again, like I said earlier, nobody cares if the company is making 10% more this year, if I'm only going to get a three and a half percent raise, right? So instead of relating it to, you know, this 10% raise, like what is three and a half percent going to do for you this year? And how can I help you make sure we maximize that You can get that full bonus because most companies, you know, you get, you get rated on a tier and, you know, mm -hmm. if you, if you hit a certain level, then you get a percentage of it. And if you hit a certain level, you get all of it. Right. So how can I help you? so that we can make sure you can get to a five on your, uh, on your, uh, your annual evaluation. So you can get that full three and a half percent, right? What's, what's your next step, right? Do you want to be a leader? Do you want to move to a different department? Cool. Well, this is how this KPI relates to you moving to that role, right? So we start to relate yeah. Our, their goals to our business objectives. Find that common ground. It's it's all yeah. about creating a path that's like you said earlier, a win-win for everybody. And last but not least, being clear, concise, and transparent about everything. Mm -hmm. So you know, there's nothing more frustrating than working on a team that where goals and objectives are not clear, and you have no idea what the end game is. Right. right? So we want to be concise. We want to be clear about what our goals are, what everybody's individual contribution to those goals are, and how we get there. But we also want to be transparent about why it's set the way it is. Is it a client goal? Is it, you know, we, you know, we know that we get X amount of volume per day. So that means in order to keep up with pace, we have to do X amount of volume per person per day. You know, some of that is just unnecessary evil and they need to understand the transparency and the reasoning behind that. So that's kind of the last hidden piece of tactical advice. Yeah. Awesome. Great advice. Uh, all of it. <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, let's talk into our, uh, it's not really a speed round. We'll call it a speed round anyways. Uh, what book do you recommend everyone give a read to? Uh, I'm going to give you two because they both, because uh, right. it, it hits on, on both sides of this. So one is The Energy Bus by Rob Gordon. Yep. Um, phenomenal book. Super, super easy read. I literally read it the first time on an airplane in like two and a half hours. Um, 
but it is about you know connecting with the right people and creating just this positive culture in yourself that then radiates out to those around you. Um, the other one is from Ken Blanchard. It's the One Minute Manager. This is a mm-hmm. there's a whole series of One Minute Manager books, but the original really focuses on how do you have impactful conversations to people and understand that their attention span is only one minute. So right. how do we get everything we need to say in one minute where they're actually going to take action upon it? Awesome. Both. I, I recommend those books as well. Uh, what is uh, next for you professionally? Oh uh, man, we're, we're on the, the, the growth and scale. We launched, we just launched the ACEs leadership Academy um, with our company. So we are, we're nice. hosting classes um, on the ACEs leadership methodology. We come in, we can create custom classes for your business. We can also um, do kind of a more general, if you, if you only have a few employees, we're doing some virtual offerings, um, you know, for per seat. So mm-hmm. um we do leadership coaching, business consulting in that space as well um, as kind of all part of that. So that's really what's next for us is we're, we're heads down launching that program out. Um, so, you know, you can find more information on that on our website at apurposepartnership.com. Um, you know, reach out to our team. We'll get you all set up. Awesome. Where else can uh, people find you? Uh, probably the best place is honestly LinkedIn. I just search Adam Sinkus. You'll find me. I'm the one and only. Um, I put out way too much content and spend way too much time there. Just ask my wife. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that's probably hands down the best best place to reach out to me. It's where it's where I'm most engaged. Um, you know, and, and again, ask questions. I got tons of content on leadership and marketing on there. Um, so go soak all that in. Learn what you can and and ask me what what isn't there, and I'll make sure we post on it. Awesome. Well, Adam, thank you for joining me. It's been a great episode. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. And for more information on how to build effective and efficient teams through your leadership, visit leadingforeffect.com. As always, deserve it.